Hey guys, what is happening? We are continuing with the theme. It is a Lululemon influenced week and I've got an absolute beast on the other line with me. This is Raj Durbal. Raj is phenomenal. Phenomenal. This guy's a congenital amputee, but he's got absolutely a heart bigger than any mountain I've ever seen. And he's got no sense of fear. He's lived his life crushing all expectations. And he is an inspiration for all to see. Raj, you're on the show. You're creating space. What is happening, my brother? Hey, Wes. Nothing much, man. Thanks for having me, man. Um, it is it is a blessing to have you on the show. Uh, you are actually the first individual at the hike that I connected with. And when we got the email of all of the hikees, the people that would be there, I, I kind of did a little bit of research on everyone, got to your story and holy smokes, my brother, you are so inspiring. I mean, you were born with no legs, one and a half, I guess, arm. It is so inspiring. You were flying up the side of the wall in the, in the climbing wall, you were rappelling down, you were hiking. You, you have no fear, man. I want to know how have you become so awesome, man? Just how? I think it's a combination of many choices that lead up to something huge. Uh, man, people ask me this all the time. Like, how do I do something big? How do I do something life changing? And I, I say to them, well, what are your habits? What are you doing every single day? And what are the thoughts that are running in your mind every single day? And I think if when I take control of my thought process and I put the action behind that, then that's how I have tra literally transformed my life many times over. You have decided to take a look at the thoughts that naturally run through your mind and you understand that you have a choice um, and you choose gratitude, dude. I've, you're always smiling. You're always happy. You, you, you do a great job, um, kind of capturing what you're doing with your audience, the people who are following your lifestyle. Um, tell me, Raj, what are you juiced about today? What are you grateful for? Today, I'm just grateful for being in the moment, just being in the moment for today and appreciating the day and the struggles that come with the day and the victories that come with the day. So I'm just learning how to just be right in this moment and appreciate what I have and not look for the reward at the end of the road. And then I'll start enjoying it, but enjoy it every single day. That's a process, isn't it, my man? We're going to spend our whole yeah. life trying to become comfortable with the moment as the moment always changes. Impermanence is real, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. You're a, you're a lifestyle entrepreneur. You help teach people how to get from point A to point B. And most of the time, whatever's in the middle of point A and point B is fear. You don't have any of that fear. Um, have you always been fearless, Raj? No, definitely not. Um, before, when I was a lot younger, the lifestyle that I led was all fear driven. So I was always worried about how people will see me, uh, what they would say about me, and how they're judging me. And I live my life pretty much along those terms. And I really just operated from a sense of being fearful uh, in all those aspects. And it, it really held me back. Wow. Um, you mentioned at one point at the Lululemon ex exhibit is that you had lived your whole life never wearing shorts and never wanting people to see your disabilities. And yeah. You know what? It it made me kind of tear up at the very end because 
I realized immediately that I didn't see you as an amputee. I didn't see you as a disability. I saw you just as a human being. You were just like everyone else. It, it, it only dawned on me at that time, at the very end, that you had to face this your entire life. And so you had worked your entire life to get yourself to this point where people saw you as, as one of them as uh, quote unquote normal. When was the moment that you realized that you can look back in your life where you knew you had a battle and you were going to have to earn your right to, to play on the same playing field as everyone else? Oh, that was back in kindergarten, man. I was, uh, I was in, I remember I distinctly, I, we went out for recess and I remember that the teacher wouldn't let me go and play with the other kids. She kind of held me to the side because she didn't know if I was going to get hurt or she didn't know how I was going to be able to handle the slides and the monkey bars and just playing with the kids. And that was the very first moment when I got mainstreamed into other kids that I knew that I was going to have to earn my way every single day. Um, and it was a very hard journey earning my 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 significance earning my name every day i can imagine the journey was tough and the journey always begins with one step right like it just begins with a step now when were you set with your first set of prosthetics when they amputated when i was about a year old i, I got my first set of prosthetics six months later after i healed up and uh, i still have them actually to today it's really small they're about eight inches long no way so super cute and that's when i got the first set of legs and my mom threw me on a tricycle to try to figure out how to learn how to use them and walk. <laughs> <laughs> so she threw you right in the deep end and said, figure it out, huh, Raj? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My parents throw me into everything. <laughs> well, and, and, and they have done very well in cultivating your mindset, but let's, let's, let's get to that point. Um, you, you're, you've battled, uh, to, you got your prosthetics, you learn how to, to fit in to a certain degree. Um, obviously kids are mean uh, and, and kids can, can really scar you at times without even realizing they're, they're scarring you. What, what kind of things did you deal with at a young age as far as, you know, kids picking on you or did you even deal with any of that? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, got bullied, um, all the way straight up through high school and college. And it was, traumatizing um i dealt with name calling people throwing things at me to people singling me out in public in the gym um even outside when i wasn't in school i mean you got to think of it wes uh i look different so i walk out there and everybody just visually sees something different so people just naturally gravitate to what's different and they stop and they stare and then they form an opinion or a judge you um, and this was about 20 years ago, so we didn't really have the internet, and it was just evolving. So you really didn't learn about people that were different, and people that were different were not really accepted as how they are right now today. Today, the more different you are, the more famous you are, it seems like. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about, you said, you used the word traumatizing. Tell me a little bit about what that means to you emotional scars that cripple you, fear that cripples you, um, false beliefs that hold you back, and they just stay with you. You, you kind of never really get over it. You just learn how to redirect them, redirect those thoughts. So that's what traumatizing means to me. 
So, so the word suffering, man, I think that the fear and the thoughts that you're speaking of the negativity, that's what causes the suffering. Um, what did you yeah. do? What did you do with that pain? What did you do with that anger and that, uh, intense emotion that you were feeling from the trauma that you had suffered? Yeah, good question. Uh, man, I started hurting myself. I mean, so, you know, hurting myself and just doing everything that I could do to just end my life, literally. And uh, wow. I tried to, yeah, it was serious. I tried to commit suicide a couple times and obviously I wasn't successful. And um, I started just being reckless, thinking that something bad was going to happen and I wouldn't have to like, boy about suicide it wasn't it was like kind of like oh it's an accident now you know so i did everything reckless i drove reckless reckless relationships smoked cigarettes drinking and driving not happy to admit all of that but i think that's that that's what i was coping with to help me just get through life or numb myself so that i didn't feel anything anymore and I had a reason to live at that level. Like I had, I, I was, I was like, okay, this is all I'm going to aspire to be because this is everything that what everybody's been pouring into me. And I was totally traumatized, defeated, suffering, and life hurt every single day and every moment. I can understand that very uh, genuinely, Raj. I too um, struggled with what you're talking about, which is an inherited legacy, right? Like. I was told I was only an athlete, only good, not smart, couldn't get through school. And then when soccer got taken away from an injury, I went on a quick downward spiral. And that's where I met all of those uh, painful memories and thoughts of not being good enough. And um, I, I too got to a point where I could have made a really irreversible decision. Um, but you know what? The bright side of the coin is is that Raj, you decided not to. Luckily, you were unsuccessful, right? And I didn't yeah. decide to, to make the decision that day. And what we have decided to in making that decision is to step into our greatness. And I have to right. tell you, I have to be very honest with you. I don't know. As an athlete, I compete with everyone, okay? And it's something that I'm working on. And But I don't know that I have ever been more inspired and this is genuine authentic ever been more inspired than what to watch you scale the side of a rock climbing wall with one arm prosthetic legs and the other arm which you're using at your disposal the best of your capability that you learned how it was incredible man incredible when in your life did you make a decision to be this now new reckless and fearless guy chasing happiness? Oh man, I, I was back in 2009. The transformation started happening. Um, I think I alluded to you with the earlier. I was just in a horrible place, man. It was bad. I had a great job. I had a lot of money. I had everything you could think of, but I, I just was so empty, so lonely. And life was just horrible. It was like, I should be happy, but I'm just not happy authentically, like within myself. And I still had a lot of self-love issues. I was still competing with everybody and with the job and career and house and car, you know, competing, competing, competing. And it just wasn't good enough. And I felt like no matter what I did, wasn't going to be good enough. And um, 
I just hit rock bottom again. Lost the relationship I was in with this woman I loved and just hit rock bottom and just nobody around, living by myself. And long story short, I started going to church and I just started just saying, you know, let me just try this thing out. And I sat in the back and I did it for months and nobody knew. And then finally one day I just I just felt the calling to give my life to Christ and and that's what it was. I gave my life to Christ and then the chain started breaking. And that's when everything started changing from the inside out. And then when I started going on this this crazy journey, which I didn't even know what I was doing, not to say like, okay, I'm going to make this choice. And all of a sudden I know exactly what I'm going to do. It was, I made that choice. And then I just started just following um, wherever I needed to go. So whatever I felt like I had to do, I just did it. I didn't question it. Even if it was totally different than what I was doing, I just went and I did it. And that's how that, that transformation started happening. What was the first decision that opened up to you that you made after that decision to give yourself to Christ? The first decision I made was I don't have to live in fear anymore. I don't have to live like I nobody loves me. I don't have to live like uh, I'm being judged every single day. And... I just held on to the promises I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And, and it's still a very strong verse for me to anchor me. And uh, th- from that moment, I-, I realized I didn't have to uh, perform anymore in the world and that I could stand confident and that there was, there was something about me that I was created to do here in this world. And before I had that, choice to give my life to Christ. I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know why I was born like this. And I had all those questions, but I had no answers from nobody. And once I made that decision, then that's when I knew I had the purpose and the choices were to follow the purpose and to accept the calling. And then I made the choice to to branch out. So I, I ended up going to Florida and I ended up applying for a job and then they gave me the job. And then I moved two weeks later from New York packed up everything, moved. And then I started a huge uh, transformation in Florida all by myself. So that was like the really life-changing choice right after that big choice. (laughs) I love that. In one of Ray Lewis's speeches, he says, your pain, when you realize that sometimes your pain is not about you, it's bigger than you. It's about other people. And I love that you decided to take the pain that you have been through and to pour your happiness, your joy, your gifts to inspire onto other people who may be feeling a similar pain as you. So the transformation in Florida, man, am I glad that you made that choice. And I, But I want to know, man, what happens next? Oh, man, what happens next? Well, I, I start this new job. and What's the job? Oh, I was, I was an IT engineer. I, mean, I don't do it anymore. I was building networks, building networks for the city of Orlando and managing all of their police networks and their fire networks and managing a team actually of engineers. So I was pretty high up in the scale of everything. I'm doing it for a long time. And so I was, I was just there just to pick up, pick up a project. And that was the initial, initial thought just to, let me just try this project out and learn some skills and then I'll go back. And, and 11 years later, I'm still here in Florida, but, um, it, <laughs> <laughs> so that, so the, so the whole process in Florida, for that year, I was just working and I was just preparing myself for whatever it is I was supposed to do. I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just kept myself with an open heart. And even though I was still going through a lot of struggles and a lot of old habits, 
and old ways. And the voices were still trying to deter me and tell me that, no, you got to go back to where you used to be. Um, I still tried to hold on to that old life. And as I kept on going forward every single day, I realized that the old life was kind of dying. And every time I tried to go back to that old life, it just didn't feel right anymore. So that transformation process started started and began and continued for a whole year until I decided I wanted to go run a 5K because I've never ran a 5K. And it was something that I challenged myself with to do something, not just on a physical level, but on a emotional, psychological level to break some chains of, of feeling um, insecure and feeling um, like nobody likes me or appreciate me and my disability quote unquote <laughs> so what did what did running do for you well for the first first 5k i i, I almost didn't even do it uh, i was sitting in my car for 40 minutes debating if i should go out there with some short pants on and that was that was the 5k in itself uh, just getting out of the <laughs> <laughs> that was the battle half the battle was just allowing people to see that vulnerability um in you and what made you decide to step outside of that car man i i don't even know i i think i just pushed myself to the point where i just had to do this because i knew that if i didn't do it i would always be hiding i would always be running i would always feel not good enough and I needed to come clean with that. I needed to come to realization that I deserve to be loved. I deserve people to see me. I deserve it for myself to not hide myself from everybody and from the world. I And I said, Rajesh, you are beautiful and you deserve to shine. And that's really ultimately what got me out of that car. Um, when I got out the car, I was still scared and still looking around at everybody. And people were noticing my legs. And... I just talked to myself through it. I said, you know, you're here for you. Just tune everybody out. It's just you and yourself. And all you have to do is is do it for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else. And I did the 5K. I actually walked it the entire one because I couldn't even run. So I walked it. <laughs> wow. And you finished? Yeah, I finished. I finished. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And um, the but the but the bad, the real victory was going out there with short pants on. And that's when I realized, like, wow, okay, people see me, but they're not judging me anymore. Actually, through the 5K, I had so many people encouraging me that it just fueled me. And then, and then I realized in a, in a, in a way that, I, you know, I'm beautiful and I'm inspiring people, so I should keep on doing this. Like, there weren't people laughing at me. There weren't people making fun of me. You know, all these thoughts that I thought that they were going to do, but so they actually did the opposite. They actually were inspiring me, encouraging me. So I, I felt great after that. What happens next, man? Um, oh, next? <laughs> because next I, because I'm sure you get a little, if I know you like I think I know you, you get a little bit of success there in walking. And now you're trying to figure out how you can run and beat everyone. I, I feel like <laughs> that's what you're going through your head at that point. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um yeah, like like we like like growing up, man. I gotta learn how to fight through it. I gotta I gotta fight for everything. I mean, I'm I'm just a, a really good at fighting for what I believe in. And sure. so I I set another goal. I did another 5K, and then um, I set another goal to do a triathlon. Whoa! And I did it because it it scared the hell out of me. Number one and number two, I didn't think I could actually do it. 
And then number three, I've always wanted to do it, but like everything else, I held myself back. Um, I always made up this stupid reason in my head of why I couldn't do it. And so I set, I set, I so I set the date. I'm going to do this triathlon three months out. So I trained for it, and I, I, and then and there was a lot of other emotional things that I had to go through because step one on that 5K was go outside and show your legs. Well, in a triathlon, you have to swim. So there's more to it. So I, when I was training, I was trying to swim with my prosthetics on, and I realized that they were like boat anchors because I can't bend the ankles. So they're just kind of like anchors, like rudders that just right. kind of drag behind you. So I quickly realized that that was not going to be possible to do this triathlon with legs. So the next step was to try swimming without the legs. So I took the legs off, and I swam, and I realized, wow, I could swim really good without legs. But the only problem was is that I've never went outside in public without my legs on, right? Right, right. So here we are now again, going to another emotional hurdle, another freaking chain that I felt you was know, I'd ready to accomplish one, now I have to go through another one. So I was training and I would I would go to the pool, the public pool, and train after the pool was locked up. So I would hop the fence. Wow. At nighttime, yeah. It was bad. I would hop the fence when nobody was there, and I would train in the pool at like 10 p.m., and then I would get an hour in, and I would come back. And I did that all the time, so nobody would see me. Yeah. And like a month and a half later, I'm, I'm saying to myself, man, Rajesh, this is stupid, bro. You know, you're you're going to go do this triathlon, but and you're not going to be able to do it in the nighttime. There are going to be a couple thousand people out there, so you got to get through this shit, right? So finally, I, I, I jumped into the deep end and i went to the community pool with everybody there and i just i just took a deep breath and i just started taking the legs off and i just started swimming man and uh i trained up and i did that triathlon um and i for three months i, I finished it i completed my first triathlon after that so holy smokes what an accomplishment um i'm interested like what what did you do with your with your legs while you were swimming um, and, and how did you get out of the water? Walk me through that process. That I'm sure there was some creativity there. Yeah, actually, um, I have I have a pair of beach legs, so I wore the beach legs, and then my sister flew down from New York actually to uh, to come and help me because it was a big undertaking. Beach and, beach uh, legs just means that you can get them wet. Is that what that yeah, means? Got yeah, yeah, they can okay. just get them wet. Yeah. Um, I was so, thinking. I was thinking maybe that means they came with like a sick pair of board shorts and <laughs> <laughs> like straps for you to get onto a surfboard and stuff. But okay, that's that's cool. You're right. <laughs> uh, I could, man. That's a good idea, though. I should probably look into that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So my sister came down and and she helped me out. So I basically sat at the edge of the lake and I took them off and then I crawled in. And she held my legs. That's essentially what happened. So she walked in half. Actually, sorry. I walked in halfway, then took the legs off in the water, and then she took them out of the water. That's how that worked. Got it. And, um, then we went out, and I swam. And then when I came back, she met me halfway, and I put the legs on, and then I walked out of the water and, and transitioned into the bike. Incredible, yep. man. And one step after the other, literally, you changed your life, but you had to take action first. What yeah. is one thing that you would say to people who are stuck in that gray area, and they know what they want? They know what they don't want, but they're afraid to make the first step rise. Like some people would have never gotten out of that car. They would have never stopped going to the pool at night and jumping the fence, right? Because they just are too afraid of either failing or 
the criticism, the uh, perceived criticism of the public? How, how do you how do you help people overcome their fears? Well, the first thing I tell them is guard what you're what you're saying in your mind. When you have a bad thought, you need to quickly replace that thought with something good, something that fuels you, not doesn't rob you. So, like, if you get up in the morning and you're like, "Oh man, today's a horrible day. I got to go to work," you should quickly replace that thought with, "No, no, no, today's a great day. I get the chance to go to work. I get the chance to earn some money. I get the chance to provide for my family." So, it quickly turns everything around for you. Um, so, I, f- I tell them first things first. You got you got to really start guarding your internal thought process and start feeding yourself with something that's going to empower you. That's something that's going to help you keep the goal or keep good, strong, compelling reasons of why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and that comes with just a thought process, with reiteration of, you know, I get the chance to work out. I get the chance to, to speak with U.S. I get the chance to go on the hike with all you guys. <laughs> but, but we could look at the other side of, oh, man, I got so much work to do. Um, I have so much responsibilities. I don't know if I could fit it all in, which all of us were talking about when we got there, right? Yeah. We're like, I don't know if we could do this. I have so much stuff going on. I love it. But, um, I've, I've been working with a hypnotherapist and he's taught me different ways to guard against that inner critic. And one of the ways for the visual listeners who are out there, um, I'm a bit of a stel- storyteller if you haven't heard already, but uh, the, I, I envision like this glowing white ball in my hand and it's like magic, right? And this is my force field. And whenever I feel the thoughts are here, the thoughts come on, I throw this in my mind, I throw this white ball down to the ground and it expands immediately into this half sphere like this hemisphere right of uh of of protection and i visualize the the thoughts bouncing off of the protection and then inside where i am i've envisioned this white smoke that is purity and positivity and i'm i breathe in that smoke until i have inhaled all of the smoke that's inside the sphere and at that point i'm like safe full of positivity, have affirmed what I want for the day, and then I move forward. It really, NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, is big time, and I, I have bought fully into that. Do you do any NLP work? Um, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, man, I, the reason why I asked is because when we got to the top of the mountain um, after the two-hour silent hike, uh, I was peeping over at you, man, to see just how that view hit you, and I saw you audibly talking to yourself and i knew at that moment man you invest heavily in affirming positive affirmations when did you kind of get bought into that how'd that come about that came about with um anchoring strong triggers kind of like with the visual thing you're doing um i like to 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 do the audio the audio side when i affirm things to myself so that i can positively anchor some strong emotions to it right when I need it at the most like on the hike or anything that I'm doing I don't know if well I don't know if you remember the second time I climbed the wall I I took a good 30 seconds before I actually started climbing the wall and I just said this quick mantra to myself and to get myself in a really good powerful state and then I like kind of like the same thing what you're talking about visualizing I visualize myself climbing to the highest point of that wall with no fear and I, I I do that a lot because I like to I, I need to I like to anchor the strong emotions and the strong feelings to it um, to myself so I could just call on them in a moment's time. 
So can, that's, can you share, like, can you share that mantra, man? I, I would love to be a little nosy and dive into that. What does that sound like? Man? <laughs> uh, it varies, but um, usually I say, Rajesh, you're an Iron Man. There's nothing you can't do that you can't overcome. You're here for a specific purpose. You've gotten through hard times. You can get through hard times again. And I just keep on saying that over and over and over again. So it kind of gets me to this powerful state. And then I do a shaka move, which is like a, a shaka's Hawaiian, but it's a like a hang ten for all the surfer guys. Yeah. And or hang loose, hang loose sign. And I kind of that's my anchor to get me into a nice, calm, relaxed, strong state of mind. Back to when I was uh, racing the uh, the Ironman there. So it it it's one of my anchors that I use. Yeah, just casually throw out the Iron Man statement there. Uh, you've got multiple <laughs> Iron Mans under your belt, huh? Yeah, yeah, I've done a, I've done a few of them, done two of them, and a lots of half Ironmans. Um, I did that at the beginning um, of my transformation, um, so we didn't even touch it. So after I worked, walked my first five k, did my first triathlon. Um, but between that span from a year and a half, I did the Hawaii Ironman world championship. So that was the level of transformation that was happening within a year and a half. One year and a half. You went from walking a 5k to the Hawaii Ironman. Yeah. Holy smokes. Uh, Raj, are you afraid of anything? Yeah, I think I'm afraid of falling in love. <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent place to go because I am in the same spot, man. I'm in the same spot. Can we can we sit in this spot for a second? Yeah, man, definitely. <laughs> uh, you know what hang gliding taught me? And I know you saw how terrified I was of hang gliding. Um, that really rattled the shit out of me. But what I realized up there uh, underneath the guidance of this guy who I had no idea who he was, um, didn't trust him with my life, not one bit, could never release control of the situation. I realized I can't release control of relationships. I, I want to guide it to where I can guard myself. And I'm going to let you in, but it's on my terms, right? Like you're, you're, you're not going to get too close because I don't, I don't know what it is really, man. It's just I don't, I don't know if I want to get hurt. Um, and I think it is what you're just talking about. It's afraid of falling in love, man. Afraid of being fully exposed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's a hard one, man. I mean, I've, I've fallen in love a few times and it's, it's hard, man. You kind of like, I don't, I think that's the worst thing ever. I think I can conquer anything else, but when it comes to being vulnerable and being in love and allowing somebody into your, like your innermost being, it's, it's like a whole nother level of hurt whole yeah. nother level of like yeah. you like you lose yourself i mean i lost myself and it was i don't know i just i guess the level of standards that i have now it's it's it it, it kind of holds people at a distance especially women but i also think that um in a way you have to kind of keep some of that to yourself you know you got to kind of have to keep a little part of yourself you know private so you can maintain who you, who the essence of who you really are, you know? Cause I, I remember when I, I gave everything away and then I, I was just like, okay, saying sorry for shit that I didn't even know I was saying sorry for, you know, or you just start, you start, you stop losing your sense of making decisions or you stop losing the sense of who you really are. And then your world becomes like their world. And then, and then pretty soon it's like, their world is your entire world. Yeah. You know, and I, think, you know, <laughs> yeah. And, um, 
That's a I sticky place think, to be, especially for dream chasers, a type personalities like our, ourselves, right? It's, it's really yeah. hard to balance the, the lives and the give and the yeah. pull, the give and the take, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah. what I asked in the declaration, my declaration name was, or how, what I declared myself to be was magic. Um, and that word yeah. resonates really with me because I, I just believe that the magic is all around us. And I, I choose to be magic and, and try to, uh, influence people in a certain magical way. But um, what I asked and called upon on the universe in that declaration was that they, the universe could allow magic to open my heart because I had this crusty, crusty core around my heart, you know, from past relationships and past heartbreak. Yeah. Right. And I just asked the universe, Hey man, crack me open. I'm ready. Um, I, I'd, I'd like some heart openers, uh, and, and, you know, just begin the process. And I will say that I shed a little bit of skin there in Chattanooga and I, I feel more open, more relaxed and willing to allow someone maybe to get a little bit closer initially than, than before. Do you feel a little bit, uh, more free or freer since leaving? Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like I can give the love that, uh, I was like hiding for a long time to strangers and to people in general, like my family and things like that. So I definitely feel like I'm ready to open up a little bit more to a, a woman and yeah. to just people in general. So it, it definitely helped me too. So you're not alone in. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of the content that you've been putting up on Facebook live and on Instagram and uh, all of your social media platforms. And the content that you've been putting out most recently is super authentic, man. You're, you're not afraid to be vulnerable. You're not afraid to affirm how you're really feeling in the moment. And I think that is a healing in and of itself. And I'd like to continue to do that with my work. Um, so you're inspiring me. Uh, as always, man, moving forward, your tagline is live free, live amazingly. Tell me how yeah. you stumbled upon that. That was born out of suffering. It was born out of crying. I was, that was born when I was running to train for my second 5k and I didn't have the right legs. So my legs were just traumatized. I was in so much pain and it was raining and I was just crying and I was praying and I was like, man, Lord, I just want to live free. I want to live free from these bondages and these chains. And then that's how that came about. I was looking for um, a way to start uh, my company and a name and that just dropped. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to go with it. And uh, that's that's been my tagline ever since. And you've been helping inspire people to live free and live amazingly and you're doing it in such a way. Raj, tell me a bit of advice for the listeners and for myself, really, um, how do you end the suffering and the criticism that's inside your mind? I like to get quiet. That's the first thing I do. I, I get quiet. I go to a nice quiet place and I tune everything out. The phone goes off and I just sit and I have alone time in prayer and I just think about everything that I've done and I forgive myself. I go through all the affirmations that I know of myself. And then I go through everything that I've done wrong or possibly have done wrong to other people and myself. And I just start forgiving myself and forgiving, asking for forgiveness in all of those areas that I've possibly said something to somebody. And I think there's a real freeing and calming effect that comes when you do that, when you can be real with yourself and say, you know what, I don't have it all together and I've messed up really bad. 
many, many, many times every single day. And to allow yourself to get off that hook and to stop beating yourself up is such a freeing moment. Yeah. And, you know, just to say, you know, I'm human and I'm, I don't have it all together and I don't have to pretend that I have it all together. And that's how I end that suffering, man. I mean, that's how I just get real with it. And I don't try to sugarcoat it all or make excuses for it all. Oh, but this person said this to me. So that's why I reacted this way. It's just being real with yourself and, and letting yourself off that hook. And, and that starts with getting quiet and then just taking that block of time and to just be real and let it all go. And at first it, it doesn't sound right. At first it, 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 you'd be like, oh, well, I have a right to be angry. I have a right to hold a grudge. And you, you, the, the, the truth is, is you do, you might, but it, it really hurts you in the process. And I've spent a lot of years holding on to grudges and, you know, walking around like I deserve to be, you know, righted for all the people that have wronged me. And the truth is I might not ever get any of that justified and, and get my victory in any of one of those people that have hurt me. So I need to let all that go. And I just need to run my own race. I need to do the best that I can every single day. And I need to stop comparing myself to everybody and just stay true to what my calling is to live free, live amazingly and to be as authentic and as real as I possibly can be for myself and for everybody that I come in contact with. And that, that's, that's essentially how I live my life and how I weave everything into my life every single day. And that's how I get free. Incredible, man. And, and free you are. I see it. And as we round out this show, I got one quick question to, to end it all. I think you're going to crush this one. Um, it, like you mentioned, there's a lot of suffering that goes on in the world and, and people are hurting. Um, what do you think the purpose of life is in, in this time on earth? Man, dude, how much time do we have, man? <laughs> <laughs> Some loaded questions. Bro. Yeah, man. I, I got a double barrel right here at you, man. Like answer this one. No, I, I think that um, it, you can go anywhere with it, right? But what feels yeah. most genuine to Raj? Okay, re repeat this question. Let me make sure I get it right. Yeah, it's a heater, man, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of suffering. It's a lot of suffering yeah. going on. People are in pain. They're walking around not happy with their lives. They feel they may have made mistakes or they're angry at situations or experiences that may have happened to them in the previous. There's a lot going on. What do you think yeah. the real reason, the fundamental reason is that we're here experiencing this life on this planet i think the fundamental reason of what we're here to do is to shine our light into this world i think everybody has a light that needs to be shined and unfortunately we let a lot of things in this world dim our light the election the financial reports the stocks, your bank accounts, your friends, I mean, you name it. We allow all these different things to take slices out of us and our light just gets dimmed. And I think every single one of us has a life, a light, and we have a purpose and we have something to do here in this world to create a legacy and to leave a legacy, not just for us to self-prophesize and to, to enjoy the fruits of our labor right now, but to, to advance the human race forward in a good direction, in a positive way. And I think everyone, if we collectively just 
pull ourselves together and tune all this other stuff out and stop giving our peace away to all these different slices of chaos that we have around in the world, we would be able to reflect our light and leave a great legacy and impact this world and make it beautiful. Like it, how it was supposed to be, it was created to be beautiful and it was supposed to be beautiful and it still is. It's just, we have a lot of sin and a lot of things in the hair that are messing everything up. So I think that's the essence of what people are here to do is to, to shine their light. I, what do you think people are here to do? The same question. What do you yeah, think they're man, here to do? Magic was my word, Raj. Magic was my word because I believe we all have our own bit of magic. And I, I think, to put it metaphorically, man, I think we're all sorcerers. Right. And a sorcerer doesn't become powerful until it realizes like Harry Potter that it has a, they have a gift and you got to accept your gift. And then you got to find out how to make your gift more powerful for the positive reasons. Right. And so I am magic was my declaration because I know what I do well now. I am not just a soccer player. I have something inside of me that wants and is desiring to help others and pull them out of places that they don't want to be, they don't desire to be in any longer. And now my, for the rest of my life, I declare how to figure out how to grow that magic, grow that sorcerer power, and be able to shine it on anyone, throw it at anyone that's willing to or, or needs it, or maybe even doesn't need it, right? So much to echo your point. I, I agree with you 100%. We're here to figure out what our light is or what our magic is, grow that magic, share that magic, and advance the level of happiness and heighten the experience while we're here. And then I think the legacy will live on. Our magic will live on through the, through the way we touch others, and it'll live long after we, we pass. That's beautiful, man. I like that. <laughs> yeah, really... man. It's good stuff. Raj, I, I, you know what? I can sit here and talk to you for hours, man, but your your yeah. power is a hell of a punch. I'm so thankful to have been able to to run into you, to be inspired by you, and I can't wait to continue to uh, grow the friendship, my brother. Same here, Wes, man. You've impacted me profoundly as well. Thank you. Thank you for being a friend, man. Raj Durbal, ladies and gentlemen. What an incredible story. I think that what we can learn from Raj in this moment is that it is not what happens to us. It is 100% how we react to it. And in every situation, Raj is determined to choose the positive decision. And I think that's inspiring because a lot of us, without even knowing, begin to bet against ourselves. And if there's anything you can take from Raj is that he takes the entire stack of chips, pushes it towards the dealer and says, I'm going all in on myself. And that was inspiring to me in the Lululemon hike. That's part of the reason I wanted to bring him onto the show. So you could hear that, you could feel that, and hopefully you could bottle that up and use it moving forward in your life. Tomorrow will be the last one of our Lululemon, the hike-inspired edition of Creating Space. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you've enjoyed all the individuals that I've been able to connect with and have hopefully given you the opportunity to connect with as well. If you would like to connect with Raj, look at the show notes. Uh, I will keep all of his information on the show notes. You can get in touch with Raj and um, I'm sure he would love to hear from you. For the rest of you guys, have a great rest of your weekend. Hey, Arthur Younger, take this episode off with your massive tune, my brother. (laughs) 